Hey, Wonderfuls, welcome to episode 475 of the JV Club with my boy of summer, Piff the Magic Dragon. Some of you may have noticed that I also called last week's episode 475. Big shout out to my PR buddy and uh, colleague, Chris Royce, who noticed that. And it is, of course, because of the bonus episode with Ivana Lynch, a.k.a. Luna Lovegood, uh, that went out to all of you who are members of Max Fun. So this is actually episode 475. What a joy it was to speak to Piff the Magic Dragon. I love people who work in, I don't want to call it conventional worlds because I wouldn't say the world of magic is necessarily conventional and who's to say what's conventional. But I do so love when people find kind of an alternative way to exist in a world that um, often is expressed through other means. There just aren't a lot of people wearing dragon outfits doing magic and being hilarious. So I hope you enjoy this episode. If you are listening to it on Thursday, July 7th, you also have the opportunity to come see Dante Bosco and me. Uh, Adam Savage, I think, is also going to be there at the Florida Supercon in Miami. And just to wrap this up, I hope everybody's doing okay in what can only be described as a very stressful time in the world. So stay safe, stay hopeful, and I'll talk to you next week. We have a friend in common in Mr. Michael Geyer. I think you're going to be oh, yeah, great. touring with him, right? Yeah, yeah. He's a good guy. How did you guys meet? Was it like a, a blind date talent thing where people were like, you know who should know each other? These guys. Not as exciting as that, unfortunately. <laughs> no, we met doing the Edinburgh Festival. Oh, okay. Nice. How long ago did you do it? Uh, I did it like eight years in a row. Oh, there it is. I have so many friends who have who have put on shows there, and every time it's been going on, there's always something that makes it really difficult to be gone for that amount of time. Right. And so initially I was the person who, who was like, I'm sure I can just swing by for a week, right? And that's just the most like presumptuous kind of against the entire idea of the Edinburgh Festival thing to do. But if you don't know anything about it, you have to be told that in the most kind of like, oh, Janet, no, no, yeah, no. right. This isn't. That's not what it's about. Please you're go back to Hollywood and, and die there yeah. forever. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Where are you from originally? I'm going to guess it's not Chicago, etc. No, Southeast London. That's where I grew up. My parents are still in the same house. Oh wow. Okay. And do you have siblings? Younger brother, older sister. <laughs> Got it. And when you say East London, what area of East London do you mean? There's a place called Forest Hill. Okay. Which is like, I was just there. Uh, in Forest so it's Hill? Sort of fresh in my mind. I wasn't in Forest Hill. I got to be honest with you. Where were you? Um, I was in, sort of, I guess, sort of Chelsea, Battersea. Oh, yeah. But, uh, and then as far over east as I got was probably like, uh, what's the one that starts with I? I'm so sorry that I can't remember. Um, Islington? It's like Islington, yes, thank you. Was definitely Islington. How far away is Forest Hill from Islington? It's probably like eight miles, but it's at least an hour and a half. God, God, London's big. I guess when you live there, when you're growing up, you don't think of it as being this sort of mega city necessarily. Yeah, I don't know. It's, it's a big place. 
like the idea of going across London is like it's like it's like the idea of traveling cross state in the US. Uh-huh. It's yeah. like going from here to New York would be southeast London to north London. Um when you were so when you were growing up, you know, friends of mine who grew up in in or around New York City have had such a disparate experience of like how much or how little they they traveled into other parts of the city like some of them were five minutes away from Broadway and didn't really go to plays because that wasn't something that was like part of their cultural upbringing versus other people who were in Jersey but who were you know coming in and drinking at underage clubs every weekend how much of London did you know and experience as a teenager were you roving all over the place no as a teenager no when I was like older than I was a lot but as a teenager, I was restricted to my my own postal codes, uh-huh. because you know you can't make uh, it's you can't it's not it's not a good good idea to go trotting around on your own as a thirteen fourteen year old yeah. in London. That's a surefire way to find trouble. What kind of trouble? You, know, you just get beat up. Okay. <laughs> so. Tr- good trouble. trouble in this case. Yeah, trouble in this case is not a metaphor for something sexy not, or... Not ironic uh, trouble. Yeah. Uh-huh, not ironic trouble. And you're, were your parents fairly savvy about that and they very specifically kind of wanted to keep you from from that? Or was that something that you sort of knew inherently and just from talking no, from... No, I think we, we all figured it out pretty uh-huh. soon. Yeah, all of us as a family made a joint decision. Uh-huh. <laughs> What was your uh what were your what was your school like? Is it secondary school? Uh, yeah, is that what it. you guys call that's it instead of secondary I even tried school. to give a little bit of twist. Did you hear the little twist I put where I secondary? I didn't even say secondary. Secondary, yeah. I just taught my girlfriend to say Worcester. Worcester. Yeah. You Did she that? say was she saying Worcester? Worcestershire. Worcestershire yeah. sauce. Worcestershire. Yeah. yeah, which is how it's spelled, but we we for some reason in England just make up pronunciations for uh, words as access to a secret club. Uh-huh. <laughs> Is Gloucester the same? I'm trying to remember. Gloucester. Gloucester. See? Oh. There you go. Uh, um, yeah. I, when we, our driver in uh, in in London was, um, I mean, I guess he was Cockney. Is that sort of where the rhyming slang comes from? Right. Yeah. Yeah, but nobody was, uses rhyming. Your driver was using Cockney rhyming slang. He was in his 60s, and he absolutely used some rhyming. And the main one that kept coming up over and over was, uh, I believe it was, they ain't got a Scooby. I mean, they ain't got a Scooby. Like, oh, okay. I that, I felt like I figured that one out very quickly uh, as a child who grew up with Scooby-Doo and understood that Clue and, and Scooby-Doo rhyme. But um, that was the main one. I can't think of the others, but there were definitely some others. And, you know, then we did that obnoxious American thing where it was sort of some jabbing with elbows like, this is great. He's so authentic. Um, I believe you're you on said the set no one uses of it. We're Mary Poppins <laughs> too. I think this is a movie that you were accidentally involved in. He was such a character. He was. He also told the story of being in the. I want to say it was the Air Force. He definitely did some turns of service, and oh. um, also had a real. We were there before the Jubilee was to occur, and smartly left uh the closer it got to the jubilee we exited the uk and then came back when it was done 
But he was very reverent about it. And he was very excited that he had a friend who worked uh, somehow closely with some sort of secret service. And he had seen the beautiful carriage coffin thing that the queen will one day be. Oh, oh my. (laughs) Help me. Help me. What am I trying to say? I don't know. What was he trying to say? Help me, Piff. This doesn't exist, what you're talking about. (laughs) This whole adventure you had was in your... This is a fever I dream. Promise you, I promise you. I promise you. There's no thing that, that, that the queen is going to be, I don't want to say trotted out in. That sounds awful. But there's Maybe not there a thing is. where she's going to, they're going to take her out. And it's sort of the beautiful, this is the beautiful thing that her. When she's inside. dead, you mean? It does. I, I admit it sounds strange. I just, yeah. I don't know. May, there must be, but maybe he meant the carriage that she was coronated in. Oh, I definitely had to do with after she dies. I promise you it had to do with after she dies because that was the that was a bit of a sticking right. point was was like, oh, was, should this, be dead. oh, you've skipped past the, your excitement for the Jubilee and you've moved right into how beautiful her funeral is going to be. Got it. Right. Got right. it. Got it. What was your experience of like sort of British royalty in your family? Like never met was them. That some... Uh-huh. <laughs> really? Yeah. I thought that was like everybody got to meet the queen. No, no, never met uh-huh. them. In showbiz, a lot of my friends have met the Queen. Oh, yeah? Yeah, at various royal uh, parties or command performances. But I I never, never made it. What do you think you'd do? Have you thought about it? Have you thought to yourself, the, t- the day may come. Listen, I've yeah. got peers, I've got colleagues who've found themselves called to the task. What am I going to do? What would I do if I was to be given uh, an opportunity to, to have an audience? I think you have to bow and scrape, don't you? I don't know. Do you? You couldn't do like so. a fun, no. little fun, fun fool you fooled you trick. Oh no, I don't think so. I mean, Humorless. it would be. It would. Yeah, I don't believe there's much humor in meeting the queen. But you never okay. know. I mean, if you want to spend the rest of your life in jail, uh-huh. then <laughs> I think it's one of those things. I think. I think pen. Uh, from Penn and Teller, ended up meeting the Queen and thought that he was going to do something hilarious, and uh-huh. ended up bowing and scraping like the rest of us. Wow, that's a good thing to be able to give him shit about. He did. A, I produce a comedy festival that's turning that has now turned twenty. I guess three times because the pandemic has kept us from actually having our twentieth anniversary. Right. And uh, and and he and and uh, we did a tribute to Penn and Teller. They came out and and did a show and. Uh, and it was wonderful. It's one of the best live shows I've ever seen. And they weren't really focusing on the magic side. They were just, as you know, from being friends with them, they're just so, so smart and so thoughtful and so willing to have those conversations and and to sort of share with their audience. And so it was very inspiring in that way. Yeah, it's yeah they're, the, they're the goats of magic. They really are. They really are. Were you aware of them when you were a teen? And were you interested in magic when you were a teen? Uh, I was disinterested. I was, uh-huh. I, I was the other way. At the beginning of, at the beginning of being a teenager, um, I thought magic was, um, you know, a bunch of people pushing around big boxes and jumping in and out of them. Uh-huh. So, yeah, it, w- it wasn't really for me at the beginning, magic. And then um, when I was 15, there was a show on TV called Stuff the White Rabbit. And that had uh, people doing card tricks on there and being funny. It was like yeah. comedian, you know, it was like, it was like uh, comedians doing magic. 
And I was like, oh, this is good. I like this. So that's how I got into magic when I was 15. Okay. And was that was it that A to B in the sense that you saw the show and said, I got to go out and get a deck of cards and see what this is all about? Yeah, it was. I, I went out, started learning card tricks, and uh, then became insufferable, performing them everywhere at parties. Sure. Thoughts on the Magic Castle? Uh, I like the Magic Castle. Have you been? Yeah. I have. Yeah, my friend Neil is on the board, and he has like a whole elaborate trick that he does where his the answer is like written in paint on the high part of the wall uh, near the entrance where he sort of does the trick and it, you enter into a different room and sort of find yourself staring at the the answer. Like, ah, right. But that's one of the things that I think is that I like about you so much, and I'm sure it's something that you hear over and over, is that you, not unlike Penn and Teller, and I totally got from the minute I found out how much they liked you, it made sense to me because you do have that sort of like almost can't be bothered, but I'm also in a dragon suit and like it's the most high energy, right. low energy combination. Right. And I'm sh- I think people I'm sure people respond so much to that because it sort of gives you permission to like magic, but also be like, we all know this is a bit odd, right? We all. Yeah, exactly. We all know this is weird. It's, it's like, great. it's like, um, you know, a lot of magicians just claim to be magic. And then and then use their special powers to, you know, dis dismember women. It's uh-huh. it's a it's a bizarre field. <laughs> yeah. To be in. So it I is. Think the, the only way that I could find to make sense of it was to become a dragon. Uh huh. <laughs> when did dra- when did the dragon enter into it? Mm, not until I was almost thirty. Okay. So what was your act like? Your act was was were you just doing sort of. High energy, low energy, sleight of hand, uh, and car- car- kind of card close-up stuff? I did, like, close-up magic, and I would, like, tell, you know, like, have, like, little quips, and I would roast people, and basically, um, I got fired everywhere for being a dickhead. <laughs> okay. Were you got fired at places that hired you to do yeah. magic and then yeah. were like, no, this is not what we wanted. And then we're like, why is... And also I've got like a natural resting grumpy face. Uh-huh. So they were like, what is wrong? What's your problem? You know, magic is like a, a service industry. Uh-huh. You come in there and, and you're like a canapé. People book a wedding and they book, you know, the champagne and they book a magician. Sure. So they want, they want an upbeat, uh, cheerful magician not some dickhead who's going to insult the groom <laughs> most people most people think that that's what they want most people but you put that in a dragon outfit and that's hilarious so sure okay so that was when you were almost 30 so you said that you were annoying everyone by trying out your magic tricks on them is this in school like in class yeah with friends was, and was there right. anyone else in your school who was even remotely approaching that kind of thing like did you didn't have like a i want you to have had a rival secondary school uh teenage right. magician a nemesis yeah i wanted you to have a nemesis i'm not sure should i expect I, that or I didn't. is that too much no, to I, hope yeah that is too much to hope but i did originally i got into juggling before magic okay so um i did have my friend used to juggle so we would like we would like uh swap tricks and things so that was how I started out in show business, at the lowest rung possible, a juggler. Uh-huh. uh-huh. I'm, I'm, if I may, I'm rubbish at juggling, and I was a theater major. And I don't boy, think that's going to really... hold you back in life. 
I got it. Oh, it has. Oh, it has. Oh, very much so. Very much so. It hasn't. But uh, but I, I they really try to they really try to teach you how to juggle over and over um, at every level of your theater education. Really? At some point, you will be encouraged to learn how to juggle. And, it, and that will happen as a series of points along the way. And I just could never do it. And I sort of thought I would be. I don't know why. I mean, I wasn't a sports player or anything, although I, I have decent hand-eye coordination. And so I think I was so surprised at how p- poor I was at it uh, from the jump that I immediately gave up on it. Right. Rather than like, oh, sometimes you have to work at something to get good at it. And that's not dissimilar to me from magic which is like if you're if you're a lazy child who's kind of good at some stuff and you don't have you no one has really taught you and you haven't taught yourself that you might be garbage at something and you actually have to really work at it to get good then things like magic are wildly intimidating because it feels like oh there's there's a series of failures that have to come before before you're really good at something. And uh, that's kind of a depressing thing to say, but I think it's true for a lot of people is you sort of go, oh, I was, I tried that once and I was really bad. So I just let that belong to other people. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. But um, I just don't feel you should have such an emotional reaction to not being able to juggle. No, it's fair. I'm, I plan to talk about this for the rest of the episode. Is that going to be a problem or? No, not, not a problem by me. Okay, uh, but I would just—I would love to feel like I'd solved this by the right. end. Just go and get three things and start juggling. <laughs> okay, we're gonna take a break. I will be back after a word from our wonderful buddies at Maximum Fun. Carrie, is it? Oh yes, hi, I'm Carrie. I am Psychic Ross, and I will be reading you this evening. Oh, interesting. Well, okay, I co-host a podcast. It's called Ono Ross and Carrie. Yes, I'm sensing that the spirits are telling me it is a show about well, it's about like fringe science and spirituality and claims of the paranormal. Oh, you knew that. You do research online. You, but more importantly, like we do in-person investigations. Investigate as well. Oh my God, that's amazing. See, me and my friend. This is so weird. My friend Ross. Same name as you. Weird. He and I just go and try them all out. And actually, we've gone to a number of psychics. And to be honest with you, it's a lot like this. It's called Ono Ross and Carrie. They can find it at MaximumFun.org. I could have told you that. Okay, so you juggled and then that moved into the realm of getting paid gigs through juggling or through magicianship? Well, what happened was... I was trying to find a way to make this into a, I was trying to find a way to get paid by this skill. Yeah. So I became, for some bizarre reason, a Christian clown at age 13 um, who could juggle. And some of these other clowns also did magic. So I started learning magic. But wait, magic was when you were 15, you became interested in it, no? And then, but 13 was Christian clown? It went on for a year. I don't know why I'm pressing you on this. Like, I've caught you in a lie. I apologize. Yeah. But th- I just wanted I, I to got uh, really get my into, head straight. I got, I got into just magic at like 15, 14, okay. 14 15. But, okay. um, Christian clown. Of, yeah. What does that mean? What does that mean? Clowning for Christ. <laughs> it means, it means there, there's like, there's an organization called Holy Fools. Oh, um, this who, is wonderful news. 
they're clowns, but they just do it for church events. Okay. And for some reason, for whatever I really can't remember the exact details and how I ended up uh, in this, but um, I had a clown outfit and would paint my face and juggle. Uh-huh. You see, were you, you know, were you religious at the time, and are yeah. you now? Okay. Mm, not okay. so much, but at the time yeah. I was. Yeah. Okay. That's not something that I, maybe that's a more ubiquitous thing in the UK. That is nope. definitely, this is the first time I, okay, good. <laughs> this is the first time. This is the first time I'm putting those two things together. I think, uh, I think, I think that's worldwide. Uh-huh. <laughs> so there's no messaging that's being conveyed within the clowning itself that's of a Christian nature. It's just clowning that exclusively takes place at Christian no. events. I, there's a message. I there had is? a very yeah, I had a very convoluted story in one of my juggling routines about garden juggling. And who knows? <laughs> I mean, this is really going back a long way and I and I tried to bury this memory. So <gasps> That's what I'm here to do. I just rooted up truffle style like the like the right. information pig I am. What was at, at any time was either the fools what was it fools Fools. holy fools holy fools thank you it's a lot should have been a lot easier to remember uh from the person who was like wait you said 15 uh holy fools that or the magic or the the close-up magic did any of that spring out of i will get more women this way uh that's a good question but no i don't think so i think when i was at university then i was like uh so when i was at 18 19 then I was doing card tricks uh, for money on the side. And then it was definitely used um, to get more women, unfortunately. Uh-huh. I abused uh, unf- my power. Yeah, You did abuse your power. Oh, yeah. you were a loose magician? Yeah, I signed an oath oh. and I broke it. Oh, no. Wait, what's the oath? <laughs> I wish. I wish there was an oath. <laughs> I, I want to ask you. It's not very. This is not very nice. Although I'm sure Howard Stern asks far deeper and more upsetting questions than this. But um, did you have girlfriends like through the 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 years since you were in college who were like, "I love you," but I'm so worried that as a successful um, man who wears a dragon outfit and does magic tricks, you are going to cheat on me? No. Okay, that's good. No. I've so they had... didn't know about your tawdry. Um, hormone-driven years, which, right. by the way, everyone has. It's just a matter of what they exploit to get where they need to be with it. Yeah. Yeah, no. I had nothing but supportive relationships when it came to wearing a dragon outfit. Lovely. Lovely. I love it. Do you feel like you have a... a, a I feel like I understand, and I don't even... I've never been a mascot, and I've never been a furry, but that is a very easy thing for me to sort of wrap my head around. Like, the idea of that fetish, to me, seems like, oh, that, that makes sense. That makes a kind of sense. Sure. Like, yeah. you Wearing an animal costume and having that be kind of sexy, I, I think I get that. Do you feel that way? Like, no, I'm not saying, are you a furry, which is great if you are, but do you feel like you can sort of relate to that on some level, or am I the only person in this I conversation? I can't really, because, uh-huh. because <laughs> you know, when you start wearing when you start wearing a costume, there's a lot of wear and tear involved. Uh, and and the idea of that somehow being a, a turn-on is, is baffling. I suppose the sweat factor, too, and just the sort of, yeah, the sort of steamy quality of... 
yeah walk walking talking moving and acting in a uh, full costume might be tough yeah it's like uh, yeah i just i just imagine there'd be a lot of stains to remove <laughs> the first time that you put on the dragon costume for your first show what do you remember sort of how you were feeling what you're thinking was it a little bit like here 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 we go let's see what happens with this or was um, it like i already know i found my this is it this is going to be it no, the first time, I, well, what happened is I went to a costume party and I said to my sister, do you have a dragon outfit? No, I didn't. I said to my sister, do you have an outfit to wear? <laughs> and she said, yeah, I've got a dragon outfit under my bed. And I asked her no further questions uh-huh. because I didn't want to know the origins of that story. Uh-huh. Um, so I wore it to this party and when I turned up, no one was in costume. It was just me. Oh, it's so a classic I was, story. And I was outraged. I was... So I was like appropriately grumpy for once. Uh-huh. And one of my friends said to me, this is hilarious. You should do this in your act. You could be Puff the Magic Dragon. And I was like, wait, uh-huh. I could be Piff the Magic Dragon. You might have heard of my older brother, Steve. Uh-huh. <laughs> and I was like, that's funny enough to give it a go. And as soon as I gave it a go, I knew it was gold. Uh-huh. Yeah. And you never, just... went, you never looked back. You didn't, there wasn't, were there shows no. subsequently that you were like, ah, maybe I'll, I'll leave the dragon costume at home for no. just, just today. Because yeah. I'd learned all the skills of being a magician, but I'd just been fired everywhere uh-huh. because I was, you know, um, insulting too many people. Uh-huh. So it just it just really clicked, and I was like, "This is this is this is the way," and nothing yeah. was able to dissuade me from that. How different was your sister's under the bed dragon costume? I still got it. You do, but that's yeah. not the one that you wear like in no. your in your regular. Show. No, her one was like, it's like it was like a plastic five dollar Halloween store costume. Got it. How much does your costume change through the years? I'm trying it's to think. I mean, I've seen you on and off, but I can't. I'm trying to think if there are more, like more spikes. I don't know what you call the little spike things that a dragon yeah, has. Do you? Is it just spikes? Okay. Yeah. I feel like I've seen more spikes on you in different years, but I. But is that? Am I right about that, or am I making that? Yeah. Up? Yeah, no, the beginning, I got this girl from a drama school called Rada to make sure. me um, to make me a dragon outfit. And she did. And she based it off the one that my sister had. And um, there were a couple of those. And then my friend, who's a, my friend Ray Harris, who's a great designer, um, he was so sick and tired of seeing me wear these like, ill-fitting outfits. <laughs> he said, I'm just going to design you um a really good one and he did and that was the one that i wore on um pen and teller flawless when i got my first big break got it and then i've had versions of that over the years but just recently like last year we hired a guy who's an amazing designer and he just re and he redesigned the whole thing so now it's now it's in velvet oh hello sounds more hot however is my very first thought it's very breathable. It breathes. It breathes. It's, listen, as long as it's breathable. Right. I have to say, and I don't. I I feel like it hasn't been announced yet. And I I told Mike that we were gonna that I was gonna be podcasting you, and we exchanged our like, oh, he he's so great. Um, I mean him more than me. I did not know you at the time, so I was not willing to say how great you were. But right. regretfully, now I'm afraid I'm gonna have to get on board with him. But the idea of the two of you on tour is so incredibly satisfying. Is it something that you've talked about for a while? Yeah. How long? Something... Are you... Yeah. 
there was something we talked about for a while because um during the pandemic we did virtual shows which yeah. were a nightmare and we also moved from a we had a small showroom at the flamingo like a little 200 seat room and we moved into the main flamingo showroom which is 700 800 seats yeah so we had to have a whole new show and as a result we made everything bigger so now like the show fills the room at the flamingo but it yeah. meant like we couldn't go on tour like we used to because all yeah. the tricks are too big so um the idea of only having to do half of a show and leave the other half to mike was um quite attractive well that's what i was going to ask i was just going to ask if you if there was if there was interaction within your head your co-headlining show um again maybe that's not something that people want to be known but um is there do we see puddles and piff side by yeah. side doing yeah. a little yeah we do a couple of bits together great yeah it's quite great. it's nice he's great so do you want to say anything about yeah what a dear dear soul he is and but additionally that his voice is uh every bit oh, yeah. is just buttery an and angel. fabulous is i mean what a special guy yeah he's an amazing talent how how's the height uh disparity between the two of you hilarious uh-huh. <laughs> yeah i barely come up to his waist uh-huh <laughs> Well, it's funny because we one of the friends that Mike and I have in common is our friend Steve Agee, and 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 Mike and Steve are roughly the same size. So and and so I feel like I've spent a lot of time around people uh, next to whom he does not even seem that tall. Right. Um, right. So I'm 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 very excited about about seeing that uh, that interplay as well. Um, do you? Has he inspired you to want Piff to sing to do any? Oh God, no! Serious musical numbers. No, I know, no, no, no. I'm good. At, I'm aware I should stay in my lane. I mean, he could lip sync. He could be sort of in the background, Cyrano de bergerac you singing a beautiful ballad um, with his voice. He Maybe could. that's in the cards. Maybe that's, Maybe that's the, cards. the future. Listen, I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna charge you for that. That's every once in a while, people know that I do any kind of comedy at all. I'm not a stand-up. I just do sort of improv and and funny acting. Um, but I do have people say like, and then you could say blah blah blah, and you can keep that. Like they have right. a like a. Fun- Does that happen to you? Do people say? And do people say, "Oh my gosh, I have an idea for a trick for you. I don't know how it would work, but it'll be, but it'd end like this, and you can keep that. Go ahead and use that." Yeah, exactly. And they just make up something <laughs> that's impossible, and you're like, "I love okay. people," because magic's a nightmare. Because you have to figure out, you have to come up with an idea that is. Sounds impossible, but is plausible somehow with enough time and effort and money behind it. Yeah. And and those ideas are, are scarce. So magic's basically just nothing but a waking nightmare. Uh-huh. <laughs> I feel like I've learned that from Penn through the years. I feel like I, could, yeah. I can get on board for that. Um, and yet people do kind of have... That's the other thing that happens in Hollywood, too, right? Is like if people know you right, they're like, I've got an idea and this has never before been thought of. Someone stab someone with an icicle and take it. It belongs to you now. Um, yeah, exactly. It's just a lot of sort of like, oh, thank you. But for you to be able to sort of find your to, your space where you are n- not only in- expected, but encouraged to let rip on people in a fond yet mean way with the mild crowd work roasting that can take place that's got to be kind of a nice valve right to know that 
that you've managed to sort of build in something that 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 you makes you not have to be obsequious. In fact, quite the opposite. Like I'm sure you couldn't you wouldn't want to be in a place like Las Vegas if that weren't part of your act. Is that fair to say? Yeah. Well, I used to do like I say, I used to do close up magic for all these weddings and things. And what would happen is that I would upset everyone. But when I found the dragon outfit, I realized not only could I be as, could I say as whatever I wanted and be as honest as, um, as honest as I thought was funny, that people would come up to me and, and ask me to do magic instead of me having to go and persuade, you know, having to interrupt a group of people <laughs> and say, say, would you like to see my, my party trick? Right. So suddenly I, it, it was kind of the greatest thing of all time because uh, it meant that I, I didn't have to do that horrible thing that I'd spent my life doing of persuading people to, to stop and watch me, my tricks. Right. right. Oh, oh, it's time for a quick break. I will be back after a word from our friends at Maximum Fun. Um, hi, I'm looking for a movie. Oh, I gotcha. Uh, there's that new foreign film with the time travel. There's an amazing documentary about queer history on streaming. Have I told you about this classic where giant robots fight? Or there's that one that most critics hated, but I thought was actually pretty good. Ooh, I know. The one with the huge car chase, and then there's that scene where... The, the car, car jumps, jumps over, over the submarine. submarine. Wow, who are you eclectic movie experts? Well, I'm Ify Wadiwe. I'm Drea Clark. And I'm Alonzo Duraldi. And together, we host the movie podcast, Maximum film new episodes every week on maximumfun.org and you actually just walked into our recording booth oh weird sorry i thought this was a video store you seem like a lady with a lot of problems all right i am i won't keep you too much longer but i do end each interview with a game of mash you don't have to know what it is i think it is a it's probably very american and it is something that kids play in school it's basically like a wish fulfillment sort of game all you have to do is just answer off the cuff with things that hopefully will be um things you like and you'll hear a little bit more about what i mean in a second for example and basically how this will end is i will give you your 100 guaranteed alternate universe piff lifestyle that will okay. include one of one of each from these categories that i'm going to be asking you so let's start with three places in the world that you would love to have another home like a vacation home if we could just three places California in there. the world all yes. right edinburgh scotland great cabo mexico great tokyo japan yes indeed yes indeed okay great all right next category Three artists of some kind, I don't, they could be sculptors, uh, cinematographers, musicians, other magicians, actors, writers, whatever you want. Uh, three artistic people from some point in time, uh, they don't have to be alive now, that you would love to have collaborated on something with. I really like um, Paul Oster, the author. Oh, sure. Great. He'd be up there. Uh, there's a chef called Heston Blumenthal oh. who um, makes good food. He'd be in there. Lovely. And I love David Lynch. Oh, yes. Listen, that would be wonderful to see. 
Okay, next is speaking of food, three foods that in this reality perhaps you can't have too much of because it's too rich or too sugary or just too hard to come by or you feel it's bad for the environment, whatever. In this alternate universe we're building, none of that uh, is a factor. Somehow magically everything is fine and nothing has any ramifications to your body or the earth. Three foods that you would love to have at the snap of your fingers whenever you felt like it. Donut, pizza, ice cream. Great. Okay. MASH always has a romantic component. Three people, they could, I, listen, they could be cartoons. They could be uh, real people. They could be people from a different era. They could be movie stars or characters that people played in films. Three people you'd love to have some romance or sexy times with in this alternate universe. Hmm. Cameron Diaz. Great. I think Cameron Diaz and I would have got along just fine. And you still may. And you still may. Who else? Who else? I need to think about this more. I, well, I know. It's very, this is an upsettingly off the cuff. Right. Your, your answer could be different tomorrow sort of thing. I know it's a lot of pressure. Who did you have? Did you have crushes on famous folks when you were younger? Like, were you like, oh, I was, I was a Christina Applegate in Married right. with Children through and through. Did you have folks like that? I must have, but I don't remember. <laughs> I love that Cameron Diaz came so easily and there's literally no one else yeah, who's coming she, to mind. She, she That's a real compliment. The, she, she was the crush when, when she, I was a kid. Okay. I'm going to put Cameron Diaz in The Mask. I had to put yeah. Cameron Diaz in Being John Malkovich. No, she wasn't very sexy. Uh-huh. In I knew that would stop you in your tracks. How about, yeah. um, what's that one? There was oh, there's one something about Mary? And, mm, yeah, you can put that in there. But there was one she did with Ewan McGregor. That was good. And the Ewan movie that neither one of us can think of the title. Right. Fantastic. Okay. It was directed by Danny Boyle. Oh, sure. Oh, God. What? Nope. Still don't have it. Still don't have it. Big fan of Danny Boyle. Still do not have it. Okay. Next category. Let's do three skills that you would love to sort of have downloaded almost Matrix style that you would love to wake up with tomorrow and be brilliant. Oh, yeah. The ability to cook. Great. The ability to sing, which is more of a talent than a Well, I guess it's a skill. Yep. But cook, uh, singing, and playing the guitar. Three movies that you can jump into and just be in that space whenever you want. You're not reliving the plot. It's just the sort of opportunity to disappear into uh, a world. Is this essentially my three favorite movies? Doesn't have to be. I mean, listen, you could. Uh, I love the movie Alien, for example, but I don't think I would put myself in that movie. So it, could, it probably should oh, be right. something I that understand. you wouldn't mind, like in, engaging with the characters. I mean, you're in a safety bubble, so nothing bad's going to happen to you. But yeah, um, yeah. I liked um, Being John Malkovich is one of my favorite movies. Oh, so good. Um, Mulholland Drive. Remember that? Oh, sure. Got that. Got some David Lynch represented. That's great. Yeah. And uh, I'll put in a comedy, Dodgeball. Remember Dodgeball? I do. I do. It's the funniest movie of all time. One of my closest friends was in it, um, and people still call him Crazy Eyes. Yeah. Like all the time. He still gets it. Okay. Next category. This is the second to last category. Next category is three. Let's do three types of transportation that maybe aren't super practical in the world that we live in, but um, you can essentially turn anything into a form of transportation. So if you want a hot air balloon everywhere, great. If you want to roller skate everywhere, great. Let's assume that you can sort of take whatever mode of transport you want and everything is sort of the same quick speed. Okay. Um, one of those 
snowplow. No, one of those snow jet ski things. Oh, sure. Yeah. Like a snowcat. I think maybe that might be the brand name. Yeah. I don't know. One of those. Great. I need three of them. I um, need two more. A motorbike. Great. But a quiet one because I don't want to be a dickhead on a Harley. Uh-huh. <laughs> Understood and appreciated. And then a fancy car. And what do you think what do you think of when you think of fancy car? Like a Bentley? A Roll, or like Rolls, a, Rolls oh. Royce. Yes, indeed. Okay, great. And then final category, let's do three just three people from some point in history, could be present day, could be very far back, that you were gonna sort of give you a, an afternoon to just sort of um, pick their brain. The Queen. Uh-huh. Is now in there, please. As please. of today, yes. Uh, let's put Jesus in there. Great. See, see, you know, separate the fact from the fiction, and also you'd see be able to juggle he... for him and see what he thought. Yeah, see, you know, see if he thought Christian clowning was a good idea. Great. <laughs> um, and this is a lot to go through on the spot. I know. So let's put Cameron Diaz back in there. Aha. Uh-huh. You've given yourself four different opportunities to end up in a room with Cameron Diaz. I have I take my hat off to you, sir. I take my hat off to you. Okay, uh, give me a give me a word that describes your mood when you woke up this morning. Uh, happy. Okay, great. All right, I am going to use the very scientific yet almost still mystical um, way that you go through all these numbers so that I can give you your one hundred percent guaranteed alternate universe future will you please tell people about for example the special and kind of where they can find you and um anything else about you or you know plugging and self-promotion that you would like to mug while i uh, quickly do this lovely absolutely we're just about to release the first ever piff the magic dragon special it's coming out on youtube so youtube.com slash piff the magic dragon on july 1st an hour full hour special available to watch for free no charge whatsoever and then come and see us in vegas where we uh take your money with much joy and happiness we're at the flamingo showroom every thursday through monday at 7 p.m in las vegas me jade simone the showgirl with the dragon to-do list and little mr piffles the world's only magic performing chihuahua and we're also on tour this fall with puddles pity party uh, dates on piftamagicdragon.com. Wonderful. Okay. All right. I think you're going to be happy with these results. I will say uh, for the listener that I ha- was given the opportunity to watch the special, and it's uh, quite wonderful. Um, oh, great. Uh, oh, good. Because it's, you know, it's the newest thing I've done. So that's good to hear. It's great. Well, you never know, too, how much, like, is it going to just be one live solid show, or is it going to be sort of bits it was, and pieces? It was, but it was unwatchable. <laughs> Well, listen, you is, augmented it beautifully. The thing is, is that when you're in the room, it's great because uh, you're not sure what's going to happen next. Right. But when you're watching it on TV, you know that nothing bad happened. Otherwise, you wouldn't be watching it on TV. Right. All no, you're right. How do you removed. hold on to the tension? Exactly. Exactly right. I'm very partial to just bits involving bananas. So I saw I saw yeah. some some very beautiful banana-centric banana stuff happening. There are a couple of banana bits in there. Yeah. yeah. That's, yeah. It's great. All right. Um, so everyone, please do those things. Please follow the directions that have been so kindly given to you by Piff the Magic Dragon. Um, I have your MASH future laid out. It's beautiful. Uh, there's a lot of good stuff happening here. I'm going to go ahead and start with the fact that 
I'd like to combine some of these things. I would love uh, for you to show off some of your crazy licks on the guitar as just a guitar virtuoso for the queen. Now, maybe she doesn't want that. Maybe she doesn't want that. I think you bust it out anyway, because this is your opportunity to really show off your chops and uh, why not take advantage? And then after you've essentially blown her mind and she's sort of standing and tears are streaming down her face and she's a little faint because you're so fantastic, you barely give her time to knight you before you hop on your snowmobile and zoom off into the distance, presumably towards your mansion in Cabo San Lucas, Mexico. Uh, Yeah. I love that you can take a snowmobile straight down to Mexico. That feels right. Um, that feels good. Feels real good. I feel that your uh, your collaboration with the mighty chef Blumenthal is going to yield some exciting results. Um, I don't know how sophisticated that is going to be, but I want you to rest assured you can go as plain or as sophisticated as you want with your own ability to muster and conjure ice cream whenever you so desire with zero limitations. Oh, yeah. And I think that just leaves us with your ability to jump inside of the artistic, strange, sexy and wonderful David Lynch movie Mulholland Drive. And when you're ready to come back to reality, to your real life relationship, your ho-hum, regular old relationship with Cameron Diaz's character or just era of the mask, you can settle into... You know, just the boring old day to day of all of the rest of the things I've described to you. Perfect. Not bad, huh? What it's a life. Pretty rosy over there in Piffland. Uh, thank yeah. you so much for doing the podcast. I'm so glad to have you on. I feel like now I feel like I'm collecting uh, my favorite artists, and I have I, I can put no. you in, I can put you in a on and and Mike's episode together side by side. Um, yeah, perfect. It's lovely. It's lovely, and I hope I get a chance to meet you in person at some point. Um, yeah, next along time you way, come to I'm Vegas, sure come and see Definitely. the show. I will. All right, everybody. Thanks so much, and I'll talk to you next week on the podcast. The show is produced by Julian Burrell and Christian Duenas. And as always, the JV Club theme song is Back Before We Were Brittle by the amazing Say Hi. MaximumFun.org Comedy and culture. Artist owned. Audience supported.